Hello, I'm Ryan Tate, and welcome to History of the Pacific Northwest, Episode 10, Voyage of the Columbia, Part 1. Episode 10. It feels like a solid number and one of those many milestones for this project. I want to thank everyone who has been listening to the podcast. If you are enjoying the program, I would be thrilled if you could give the podcast a rating and a comment on whatever platform you are listening on. These boost the show's profile and make it easier for others to find and listen to. Additionally, please share the podcast with people you know, especially if they enjoy history and live in the Pacific Northwest. Without further ado, let's dive into the adventures of John Kendrick and Robert Gray. In the 1780s, Many merchants and traders who had read accounts of Captain Cook's final voyage had dreams of throwing together a fur trading venture in the North American Pacific. The immense profits of selling sea otter pelts in China sounded like a sure thing. Essentially, if one could just get a ship to Nootka, then China, and back, it was practically a guaranteed income. Okay, well it really wasn't that easy, and you needed financial backing to get things started. Only the wealthier merchants of the United States could afford the risk when it came to these global trading ventures. One of these merchants was a man named Joseph Burrell. Joseph Burrell, born in 1739, the exact day is unknown, was a merchant in Boston, Massachusetts. He imported many home goods and ran a shop in the busy port town of Boston. During the American Revolution, Burrell owned several vessels which were commissioned as privateers. His ships would harass the British Royal Navy and take prizes for the 13 colonies. After independence, he returned to his merchant life and got involved in banking commissions. Burrell read the accounts of Cook's final voyage and spearheaded a movement to engage Americans in the sea otter trade. Burrell had dreams of establishing a trading presence in the Pacific Northwest to rival that of the Hudson's Bay Company in Canada. Burrell found two ships, the Columbia Redivia which means reborn in Latin, and the Lady Washington. The Columbia was a full-rigged ship, meaning it had three sailing masts and a length of just over 80 feet. The Lady Washington was a 60-foot sloop with a single mast. The Lady Washington was named after Martha Washington. This was before she became the First Lady, as George Washington had not yet been elected president when the ship was named. Columbia would serve as the flagship for the Enterprise, and Burrell would choose as its captain and commander of the voyage a man named John Kendrick. Kendrick was a veteran sailor born in 1740 in or around Cape Cod. Kendrick's father had made a life at sea as both a sailor and a whaler. John Kendrick grew up working on ships as well and was an experienced seaman. It is rumored that John Kendrick partook in the Boston Tea Party when American protesters to the British Tea Acts dumped almost 100,000 pounds of tea into Boston Harbor. However, it is unlikely that Kendrick was there as he would have been a recognizable individual in Boston. The organizers of the Boston Tea Party intentionally did not allow affluent people to take part in the event. Recognizable faces could have compromised the operation. Kendrick did, in fact, serve as a privateer during the American Revolution. After the United States became independent, he returned to whaling and commercial sailing. Kendrick was given instructions to sail to Nootka Sound, trade for as many furs as he could possibly get, then sail to Macau, China to sell those furs and purchase Chinese goods that could sell for a high price back in Boston. During his voyage, 
He should treat Native Americans honestly and attempt to form bonds of friendship. He was told not to offend Spain or disturb their claims to lands bordering the Pacific. But he should assert that he sails for the United States, which was now a free and independent nation. Lastly, he was given a sea letter by Congress. This letter proved he was sailing under the protection of the U.S. government. The man who would go on to Captain the Lady Washington was Robert Gray. Almost nothing is known about Gray's early life. He was born in Rhode Island on May 10, 1755. It is possible that he served in the Continental Navy during the American War of Independence. When he died, his wife Martha would assert that Gray was an officer, but there is no evidence to support that. At the outset of the expedition in 1790, Kendrick was 47 and Gray was 32 years old. The two leaders of the voyage were comically opposite of one another, so much so that the two could have been roommates in a bad sitcom. Kendrick was often referred to as a dreamer. He was spacey and prone to getting lost in thought. He could also be witty and charming. A lot of people who met Kendrick took an instant liking to the man. All this to say, he was also unpredictable. Kendrick was known to make odd decisions that didn't make sense to those around him and his moods could often shift drastically. Gray, on the other hand, was serious and businesslike. Gray didn't make jokes and rarely smiled or laughed. Everything he did was measured and calculated, never spontaneous. Two of Kendrick's children joined the voyage, John Kendrick Jr. and his younger brother Solomon. When the ships were loaded and the complement of personnel was complete, they set sail. They would first sail to the Cape Verde Islands, then south to round Cape Horn at the southern tip of South America. They would then proceed north to Nootka Sound, then west to China. They would then make their way further west, rounding the Cape of Good Hope on the southern tip of Africa, and then return to Boston, completing a circumnavigation of the globe. Forty days after sailing from Boston, the voyage arrived at the Cape Verde Islands, west of modern Senegal. The islands had been a major trading port for the Portuguese for some time. At the islands, the expedition took on livestock, including two bulls, a cow, three pigs, three sheep, and 140 goats. The livestock isn't that important except for one goat named Nancy, who became a pet of Captain Gray and a sort of mascot for the expedition. Nancy the goat was penned up on the deck and beloved by the crew. She would get fed scraps of food by the sailors, and she produced milk for everyone's tea. Oddly enough, Nancy the Goat was not the first goat to circumnavigate the globe. The crew laid over at the Cape Verde Islands for 41 days. This phase of the expedition is when Captain Kendrick would begin facing criticism from the men. Captain Gray said that the 41 days spent in the island chain was 36 days too many especially considering that timing was everything when the crew knew they had to sail around Cape Horn. That was no easy or safe task. Kendrick's first mate, Simeon Woodruff, a veteran of the third voyage of Captain Cook, began voicing his opinions of discontent with Captain Kendrick. Kendrick wanted to repack Columbia's hold to improve its speed and handling, and Woodruff refused to assist in the process. Tired of all the fighting, Kendrick removed Woodruff and alleviated him from duty. Since they were in foreign land, Kendrick told Woodruff that if he wanted to stay on the ship, he would have to work in the kitchen. This would have been exceedingly insulting to a man of Woodruff's station. 
Simeon Woodruff elected to take all of his possessions and find his own way home. He would eventually find passage on a Spanish ship, first to Madeira and then to Connecticut where he lived the rest of his life. Captain Kendrick's third mate, Robert Haswell, strongly disapproved of what Kendrick had done. Haswell was a young man, only 19, and is the only reason we have information on this voyage in the first place. Haswell, like most officers would, kept a journal of his time on the voyage. Unfortunately, his is the only journal that has survived to this day. Any other first-hand account of the Kendrick voyage has been lost or damaged. Haswell began to write scathingly about Captain Kendrick in his journal. With Columbia's hold repacked, which didn't help the vessel sail any better, Kendrick and Gray were off. While sailing down the coast of South America toward the Falkland Islands, Kendrick and Haswell had an altercation. Captain Kendrick had given a sailor an order, and Haswell thought they were not moving as fast as he would have preferred. In response, Haswell seized the sailor and punched him in the face several times, bloodying the man's nose. Kendrick, seeing what Haswell had done, slapped his young officer several times. Haswell grabbed and pinned Kendrick's arm to keep him from slapping him again. Kendrick threatened to shoot Haswell in the head if he didn't let go. Once the two were separated, Kendrick told Haswell he was banished from the stateroom and would sleep in the crew quarters. Haswell asked to be discharged and allowed to board the first ship they passed, which Kendrick agreed to. They would not find another ship, though. The two ships finally reached the Falkland Islands. This small island chain a few hundred miles east of southern Argentina was primarily used as a seasonal whaling station. Kendrick at first elected to winter on the islands, which was met with opposition from all his officers, including Gray. Winter was harsh on the Falklands, and there was little natural resources there. Kendrick would relent on his idea and elected to stay only long enough for the livestock to graze. Robert Haswell slipped away one night to find the vacant settlement of Port Egmont. He had secretly hoped that a ship might come passing by the port and he could leave. While out, he found many patches of vegetables which he wanted to bring on board. Kendrick thought it a waste of time to pick vegetables when they would just go bad. If he had listened, though, and ordered his crew to eat some on the spot, scurvy would likely have been a non-issue. Haswell did not find any ships and slept for the night in Port Egmont. Upon his return to the Columbia the following morning, he heard the ship's cannons discharge when it came into view. Captain Kendrick, who was worried about losing Haswell, ordered that the Columbia fire off three guns when Haswell was spotted. It was an interesting moment. The two were so at odds with one another, yet Kendrick genuinely worried about Haswell returning. In any case, Haswell was transferred to Lady Washington and sailed under the command of Robert Gray instead. From here, we too will leave Kendrick for a time and instead sail with Captain Gray. The ships left the Falklands and prepared to round Cape Horn. Before departing, Captain Kendrick left orders for Gray to continue on with the expedition as planned if they were separated. If need be, the ships would buy and sell furs on their own and meet back up in Boston. On approach to Cape Horn, the sea already began to live up to its fearsome reputation. Like the Cape of Good Hope, Cape Horn was infamous for some of the roughest seas and terrible storms. Tidal swells, unpredictable howling winds, rain, sleet, snow, and hail, the crews of Columbia and Lady Washington were treated to all of them. The freezing sea would swell up to 20 feet and splash the decks of the ships. 
everything was constantly drenched and soaked. The constant battering of the sea and gale force winds could have stripped away the nerve and resolve of any man. Yet, they pushed through and successfully made it from East South America to West South America. Weather improved the further they made it north, but the Lady Washington had been separated from the Columbia. Captain Gray made repairs to his mainsail, and he proceeded north. Gray was happy to be away from his commander. He had grown tired of Kendrick's decision-making and attitudes. Gray would push north on his own for some time, and if he was lucky, remain alone for the rest of the expedition. We will leave the voyage there for the day. Kendrick and Gray had been separated and had plans to continue on with the mission. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to give the show a rating wherever you find this podcast, and don't forget to share it with the people you know. I will see you next time as Robert Gray voyages up the west coast of the Americas in search of valuable furs. 